what's good y'all it's your host mario it's great to be back after a small break uh thank you all so much for your patience but it's finally here episode four of thank you again the podcast i just want to start off by saying sorry for being away for so long but i'm glad to be back at it and hope to be posting more regularly uh today's guest that's right you heard it loud and clear first time ever having more than one guest at a time uh the lovely dynamic duo ellie and alex from the band weathering weathering is a sacramento based emo alternative rock band formed in 2019 that draws inspiration from 80s dark wave acts like the cure and depeche mode while also dabbling to the likes of contemporary shoegaze artists cloakroom nothing and bands in the same vein uh, we go into discussion about being a band during the coronavirus pandemic uh, what as a community we hope to see in the future of the music scene influences of music and the start of the band and signing with of course our lovely friends at sunday drive records i really hope you enjoyed this uh, episode um like i said i'm so sorry it's taken me so long to post and edit uh but we're right back at it again baby so let's uh let's go ahead and get that started for you guys and thank you again for listening did you guys recently sign to sunday drive we signed in uh late 2018 i think or 2019 yeah here we go now. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, nice, nice, nice. Yeah. Well, super glad to have you guys on. Super grateful. Um, just uh, you know, off the off the bat, um, where did the name uh, Weathering come from? Um, that one Alex came up with. I don't think we had any other like band names in the bag for a long time. We kind of were just <laughs> talking about it, and I don't know. He and was like, "We think of one day," and I was like, "That's good." <laughs> um, it works. I like it. I like it a lot. You know, there there was like this like social science uh, article that I read about it. It was like <laughs> the the weight of like emotional weathering, like on. I, I, it's like uh, I guess how emotional experiences can like weather on a person, and so yeah. it was it was just a term that was in an article, and I was like, oh, this is cool. Yeah, and it just so like, it felt good. That's super awesome. Yeah, because a lot of people like like oh, just you know, random word or random thing. Mm-hmm. But that's really cool because, I mean, you can definitely tell in your guys' music. I was actually jamming out to y'all on the way home yesterday. Um, And it's super, like, so collective and so cohesive. And it blends so well, Uh, especially you, Al. Your voice is is so, like... Thank you. With with it, like, I'm trying to explain it myself. With the instrumentations, um, with the guitars, like, the... But then your voice is so, like, smooth and elegant. It, It just... It works. I feel like the juxtaposition is put so well together. Um, So like to me, I'm a big fan. Um, You could definitely tell uh, what are like the influences you guys have to create uh, weathering as a sound? That's always a hard question because there's so many, you know, I think like Alex and I individually as people have so many musical influences. and there, I feel like there's general ones that I always think of when I like think of what ins- like inspires me to write. And that's always like 80s new wave for whatever reason, even though that's not even really where the music, <laughs> like our music ends up going. I don't know what that is, but um, I don't know. What about you, Alex? There are elements of that. So like yeah. when we, we talked about having a band, um, it was more just like a writing project. Mm-hmm. Um, and we started it as like this kind of like, like emo, almost folky project. Yeah. Um, when we we were working on our first song, and then Elle was talking about 
her desire to have songs that were like like new wave kind of like 80s yeah and and so i i actually bought an amp because i was like oh this is an amp that they used a lot so i bought a jazz chorus and um we wrote they, our first song specifically the cure yeah and it sounds really good and i wish i had that yeah. amp <laughs> yeah that song that it, you guys covered i believe what was a blue dress so good i yeah. mean your guys's collection so far it's small but I'm, I'm sure you guys are planning to write more music as oh, yeah. the line goes down. Um, and it's just so great because you can hear those influences, but you guys keep unique to yourselves. I feel with the instrumentation and uh, with the singing style and the lyrics themselves, you know, you're not a copy and paste. A lot of folks are like, you know, oh, we, we take influence for such and such. So mm -hmm. we're going to sound exactly like them. And, but with mm -hmm. you guys, it's just like, like, no, this is who came before us. And this is what we want to do and keep that genre alive. Uh, what would you guys describe yourselves as? Because like you guys mentioned that you guys had kind of like that, that new wave influence, the cure, kind of like 80s synth. And you, you, can, you can hear that. I hear that. Um, but I feel like it kind of dabbles into maybe like early 90s, like shoegaze. I, I hate to use that term because a lot of people just throw it around. No, it's funny, like, when we first put out music, we never, like, listening to it, we're like, oh, yeah, we're a shoegaze band. But, like, the shoegaze community really, like, picked us up and are super into us, and I think it's cool. Like, hell yeah. I don't know. It's cool. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I think that we ha yeah. had a bit of, like, an identity crisis, I feel like, at the beginning, because <laughs> yeah. that's not how we saw the, the band sounding. Yeah. And so it was, like, I, I remember this, like, specific memory where we had, like, on, like, our our Facebook like as like an emo band in this like shoegaze community like raked us over the coals for that. They were like, it's like really lowbrow, like really like, like cheesy to be emo, but for some reason like, like we were just classifying it incorrectly or something. But yeah, um, yeah. yeah, I feel like um, a lot of folks like, oh yeah, emo, slap it on. And <laughs> I feel like it's, you know, very tired and true when it's like mm -hmm. oh, that's not even people folks get mad yeah. like, like it's, you're setting yourself up for it <laughs> yeah and i'm like it's not that big of a, that's just me it's not that yeah. big of a deal but i feel like maybe i feel like the term emo comes from the the words that you write mm -hmm. are meant to be meant to be felt more not at a surface level but maybe more at a you know in more emotional depth and yeah, i sure. i feel like that's fair to you know call yourself like emo shoegaze because i mean I, and like this is just me as a fan from the outside and of course that's why we're having this conversation um you know with the the music writing it it um it feels shoegazy but i feel like it's it's rock right you know yeah. you're you're aiming for that rock and that rock that subtle heavy rock you know and like I keep coming back to your vocals, L, because like I'm like super into them. Cause it's just how they they float. They float so well, and you know, and I feel like that's in part of you know your guys's musicianship, and of course the producing and the recording, and it just fits so well together. Um, that you know, with being proclaiming like shoegaze. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it makes it hard to like pin down a genre. Yeah, and that's and, and I feel like like you don't want to put yourself in a box. Uh -huh. You know what I mean? Because if you end up putting yourself in a box, then people are going to anticipate, expect like, oh well, Weathering said they were they were shoegaze, and then yeah. you 
you you let's say you put out new music you're like this doesn't sound anything like it i thought this was a shoegaze band the heck yeah <laughs> and then i i feel like some some people part of that community are very like like no this is not shoegaze and this it needs to be this it needs to be that and i'm like yeah. we're all just trying to have fun here yeah you know what i mean yeah so i just real quick while we're talking about like getting stuck in a genre so we we've added a full band um when we were planning on touring in the spring of this year uh we decided let's like let's get a full band and um so when we had been writing songs it had just been l and i so all of the yeah. studio stuff um we i mean max played bass on the, the more recent stuff but um for the most part it was just like the two of us working on songs and as we've been working on music as a band there's been kind of this like a little bit of like like pushback when things don't sound like the old songs and so it's like there's this expectation that we're gonna like write changing colors part two or something and it's yeah. just it's challenging yeah it's funny because i don't even like i feel like changing colors is so like it's a lot more different than what i think of what weathering sound is like as mm -hmm. a whole like i feel like that yeah. would kind of out a little more as far as like yeah but it, it works kind of so, yeah, it works it works so well because yeah. you guys you, you got the heavy guitar parts in the beginning and then you kind of flow into like this melodic piano part uh which is that that synth influence uh, you guys mentioned about touring because uh, i noticed it, it's just you alex and ul like on mm -hmm. the cover on your twitter and your mm -hmm. spotify are you guys just like the main act like main people do you have others that are part of the group that are considered main uh you know main bandmates or is it kind of like do you guys plan on adding additional people i mean <clears throat> i think at some point yeah especially for touring um finding like permanent people would be awesome and we have been practicing for like with mostly the same core people for how many months we Maybe? rehearsed for a few months probably uh, four four okay yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you guys but, already had like a cohesive group you were already working with yeah yeah but now like um you know alex is in portland now and i'm still in sacramento so our writing process might change a little bit and um yeah so i don't really know what the future holds as far as like a lineup goes but i think like we'll do kind of sorry um we'll do in-person rehearsals when tours come back even yeah. if, even if we just tour on the existing material um some things like in the summer of next year would be incredible if that was like yeah fingers crossed because i feel like the songs the songs are really fun and i feel like we could still write you know maybe um on the road or virtually uh mm -hmm. or during rehearsals like i work on music and we send it kind of like through discord right now we'll send songs back and forth um and that's kind of how Elle and I worked in general. Um, we would, I would work on something and she, either she'd like overhear it or I'd send it to her. And then she would be like, oh, like, I really like this or, you know, maybe not this one. And that was kind of just our, our process. So, yeah, um, it's just like a, it's continuing to adapt to kind of like a changing and difficult world for musicians right now um, that we've just been, you know, trying to, to work through. Yeah, it is lucky that we already did that kind of writing together but separately because not yeah. that change it's just more of like getting in the same conversation at the same time you know yeah now you guys <laughs> yeah. are kind of forced to do it because mm -hmm. of covid um, yeah 
you know, how do, how do you feel? I mean, I'm sure the entire music community has been affected by COVID. How has weathering specifically uh, been affected by this whole pandemic? Did you guys have future plans? Like what was like the roadmap you guys had prior to, you know, mother nature just throwing a wrench into things? Mm -hmm. Touring was definitely like, I was looking forward to that. We were supposed to tour in May, just um, I think along the West Coast and in Nevada, if I remember correctly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, yeah and that was like kind of, that would have been our cool next point, you know, like, okay, we've got a little handful of songs, let's get a band together, which we did successfully. And then, you know, start practicing for touring. And, like, that's when everything started to lock down. Um, and so after that, it was like, okay, now what do we do? Um, we made that music video, which was cool. That was a cool um, thing to produce while, since we couldn't go on tour. It's a nice use of our time. Was that uh, pre-COVID or during COVID, that music video? That was during COVID, but it was all like the same group of people that we had been, you know, practicing with and everything for all those shots. We, um, we actually had that changing color split with ease because we were supposed to score together. So it was like part of the roadmap was um, they, they had just kind of got back together as a band. And we had a song that we already knew wasn't going to quite fit with the other material. Not that it doesn't sound like part of the band, but it was just kind of the one that stood out. So we had an idea to do a split. Jonathan wanted to put on vinyl and we were going to tour on that. Um, and then everything just kind of went on pause. But that was kind of the, the idea for for that split. What, what cities were you guys going to visit? You guys mentioned uh, West Coast going into Nevada. It was, I think it was just up I-5 plus Reno. So it was Seattle, Portland, Sacramento, Fresno, San Francisco. Just a, a pretty normal um, West Coast tour. Mm -hmm. If you guys ever make it down to San Diego, you got a fan right here. Yeah. So just let, me know. <laughs> just let me know. <laughs> yeah. We yeah. will let you know if we are touring. Oh my gosh, yeah, that I would mean, be incredible. I'm, I'm, dude, I, I mean, I'm super stoked. I mean, like I mentioned, music's great. I can only imagine how you guys would sound live. Uh, you know, I had the opportunity uh, to be able to see nothing uh, live, and if it's anything like that, I'm ready to, I'm ready to lose my hearing. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely loud. So, yeah, yeah. louder the better. Um, that's, that's the way to go. We, um, we actually had a pretty fortunate year um, as a band throughout the pandemic. I felt like we, like we sold a lot of merch and Jonathan has been like a huge like layer of support for us. Mm -hmm. um, we've done things like Bandcamp Fridays and like uh, some like, pre like live pre-recorded uh, videos uh, to go through like virtual music festivals and things like that. So it's like making the best of a bad situation. Yeah, those things are fun. And I'm, I'm glad we like had the opportunity to do all that, you know. Yeah. due to circumstances and still cool experiences if you ask me this is my first music project ever that's oh, like really? fully developed yeah oh, wow. <laughs> so yeah it's it's interesting having this being like my first band and then COVID hits and everything's a little bit different now <laughs> like the, the only shows we've played have been like on Instagram live so that's a whole different experience as opposed to playing in front of an actual like physical crowd mm -hmm. so it's hard to like get like tangible feedback or like, you know, if you play shows and people come out and are excited, it's it's hard for us to take kind of the positive feedback um, the same way you would like if people were excited at a show. 
Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so it's like part of the band experience I feel like has been missing. Um, yeah. Throughout. I mean, like doing the Instagram live thing, it's like the phone's all the way over there. <laughs> yeah. Our saying stuff, I for sure can't see it. <laughs> and, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting, but it's cool, you know? Yeah. yeah. Well, that's, that's good that John was, you know, he's super supportive. Like I've been a, uh, like a big uh, SDR supporter since day one. I mean, I was there when they released SDR release number one. Um, and I've just been a big fan since. And I always try to check out every band he he puts on. You know, not everything's going to be my cup of tea, given mm-hmm. you know, we all have our own musical preferences. But he has such a good way to curate art. It's so amazing. How, how did you guys come across Sunday Drive Records? Like, how did you guys end up getting signed and meeting him and going about, you know, with them? So uh, I used to be in a band called Anxious Arms, um, which is also on Sunday Drive. Um, and so we had kind of, we had a pre-existing relationship with him. Um, when we were in the studio, um, the songs were, like to say that we were excited with how they were coming out would be like a huge understatement because we were kind of, I don't know, when we got together to work on the project, we didn't know it was gonna be, it was gonna sound the way it, it does. It mm-hmm. just like every everything that could go right was going right with the way that we were writing songs. And um, I think someone sent him, I think I sent him a demo and I was like, you know, I know you have a sampler coming out or something. Um, like, would it be possible to put this on it? And he, uh, you know, he was excited and he asked for the rest of the, the demos and then. Oh, that's so cool though that, you know, you guys, you know, you had that previous relationship with John. Um, how did it come about? connecting it with with weathering um so we we were i was signed uh with anxious arms to sunday drive and when we were getting the demos done we were kind of looking for a home for the band okay and that was the first label we thought of and like i just think that we would mesh really well like as people yeah, and our vision, like, yeah i yeah. feel very freaking grateful um lucky to have such a great supportive person like yeah. involved with it's it's so good that you know a lot of times record labels kind of going back to like genres they put themselves in a shoebox his his you know spectrum of music covers everything and everything you know there's a little bit of something for someone you know you like you know you like hardcore here's some hardcore you like you know some some rock here's some rock here's some softer rock heavier rock we got all the rocks you know what i mean <laughs> Um, yeah. my, rock. <laughs> <laughs> my rock my rock collection it's it's so cool because um you know with the other uh, artists i've spoken with with that work with sdr um, i'm sure i don't know if you guys had the chance to check out the podcast and you know i talked to jonathan cifuentes and and uh vincent gonzalez with uh frontage you know one of the first okay. bands he's ever signed and it's nothing but positive you know things yeah. that coming from that when they worked with john that like you know they give you guys the creative freedom you know he kind of lets y'all call the shots essentially to how you want to do whereas other labels they kind of like no you're gonna do this and you're gonna do that you know i need you to make me as much money as possible you know because i'm taking a limb giving you guys a chance and i feel like he doesn't have that mindset and i i feel that's why scr is so different and so successful you know, he mm-hmm. finds such great young talented bands such as y'all selves and you know, he lets you guys grow organically. 
And it's just so great to see it happen in person. Yeah. It's uh it's pretty fortunate. I feel like he's his reasons for having the label are different than most. So mm-hmm. um he's always giving us kind of you know freedom and support and sometimes taking like our idea for a release or whatever and like moving it one step forward. Like um, you know, if we when we were getting ready to do Chimera, we didn't really know how we were gonna release it. And he's like, I got this idea for like this limited run uh lathe cut vinyl. Um, like I'm gonna have the, the jacket screen printed by this company. And he was just like excited throughout the process. And so it kind of helps like us connect with the the back end process of, you know, what goes on at a label. It was oh. really cool. Yeah. And you guys work with them with every step of the way, right? Like down to how it looks, how it comes out, release dates, et cetera. Yeah. 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 It's, he always asks for feedback. I don't know if we've really given him any feedback on the artwork. Besides, like, sounds good. <laughs> Just it's send funny. It. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's no, he's, very easy. Yeah. Which is nice. It's a blessing. That is super cool. You know, you guys have, uh, you know, any future plans for more music? I know because with the whole pandemic, it's a little bit more, more difficult. But, you know, what do you guys have in store? So we have a, um, we're working on a remixes EP that's supposed to come out early, I guess, spring of 2021. Um, it's going to be more like 80s electronic, um, but it will be of the songs um, that are already released besides the Depeche Mode covers. So Elle and I are working on that with um, our friend who's a, a producer um, and then working on new music. Um, that's, you know, that's mostly what, what I think we have um, in mind. Yeah, hopefully the new year we do have a good amount of material. Uh, I've been in school during the entirety of Weathering's existence, so that keeps me very preoccupied. Um, But I'm almost done, so. The the goal is hopefully to tour. Like that's I think that's if if it allows. um, You know, we have the material, and we the issue, not the issue. The joy of the band is we spend so much so much time working on each song, like months yeah. and months sometimes, like perfecting the perfect line or like rewriting yeah. it or like doing things and like I've never been so like proud of a catalog before. So it's like if we were able to tour that would be, you know, kind of the perfect next step. Yeah. It, and it pays off. It pays you can tell, you know, like I mentioned earlier, you know, the craftsmanship you guys the love you guys put into your work, you can tell. Because there's there's folks that just put out whatever just to put out, and you you can tell, you know what I mean. And so with your guys's work, I feel like there is that that difference because you you just mentioned we spend so much time crafting it. You want it to sound good. You want it to you know play well. You know you know you want it to where your fans enjoy it. You know you don't want to put out something and then someone's like. I don't know about this. You know what I mean? Like, Oh, this seems a little off, you know, and you know, maybe being a musician, you, you might be perfectionist where it's like, Oh no, I need the snare to sound exactly like this kind of deal. And, and I just, from like being on the outside, it just, it's chef kiss. You know what I mean? It's, it's just so, it's so well put together uh, in regards to the recording process. I know it's just mainly you two, um, you know, who records all the instruments? You guys share like roles in instrument recording or is it just you, Alex, or just you, L? 
For instruments or instrumentals, um, that's mostly Alex's bag, um, along with other like musician friends or people in the band that um, we decide to record with. But so Alex, yeah, we have we had a drummer um, on the studio stuff, Jordan White, who is just a, a Sacramento like amazing Sacramento musician, kind of like, phenomenal person. Yeah. <laughs> He's so fun, and like when we were getting ready to do the project, we didn't we didn't include anyone else besides him. And like, so what we would do is we would send him kind of like ideas for the drums. Um, and then we kind of have like another member that is not really, um, not really a part of the band, Josh unit from the band ease. When, when the songs are being worked on in the studio, he really like makes them sound the way they are. Yeah. You know, it's uh, it's kind of like, he doesn't, he's not a producer in the way that he's like telling us how to do it, but, if we have an idea or if he hears something, you know, he'll, he'll talk to us and he knows how to like shape the idea that we have. And he has the like knowledge with the tools that he's using to make it happen. Yeah. Very beautiful nice. And he does things like, Oh, I want the snare to be like tuned low, like this, like this, like the cure song or like mm -hmm. uh, the guitar needs to have like this specific sound. And like, so we, we show up and we definitely have, a vision for it um and the songs are all pre-written um but he really helps helps us bring them to life so it's like i don't think the band would sound the way it does without him that's cool because i know like i yeah. mentioned you know on the cover it's it's just y'all too so i didn't know how that worked behind the scenes and of course with touring you're gonna have to obviously bring yeah. along folks were you guys ever thinking of running like an acoustic run because uh, i know um uh, I mentioned that like I, I bought one of the songs off Bandcamp. You could guys run an acoustic version, which is super good as well. You have you guys ever thought of running an acoustic run, like like maybe a small tour on that, or maybe just like a side project with it? Um, we probably could. I know L is like works on like solo songs and stuff, um, yeah. and maybe that would be. But perhaps I feel like as far as live music goes I would want full band and the full sound like I think that'd be fun for what weathering is um and if we were writing or playing music acoustically we would be writing different music if that makes yeah. sense yeah but not to say it's not a possibility <laughs> sure but um, it's a the, the the full band like it has so much energy it has like has such a feeling for it um i feel like it would be like an injustice to do it acoustic for like our oh, for, the, yeah. for the amount of like like love that we put into the songs of course i feel like whenever the time comes you guys do tour i feel like that first initial tour you guys can get like big i have high hopes yeah you mm -hmm. guys you know people are gonna be like damn these guys are good you know and i'm hoping after that first tour the second tour you know bigger because I always see that success with Sunday Drive record artists is that they they start you know really tiny, but then over time it's just like a mass to something bigger. You know, perfect example uh, Monday's Monday's Bay is that how I pronounce it? Monday's Bay was on Sunday Drive Records for the longest time, and now they're I believe they're on Hopeless Hopeless Record, wow. which is I'm awesome. Cool. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know because Jonathan going back to Jonathan on SDR, you know he gives you guys that opportunity to grow. And just like I mentioned, from being an outsider, looking in, I feel like you guys have that potential to become bigger. You know what I mean? And that's why I'm very grateful to have you guys on, taking your time, you know, to chit chat, you know, here and there about your guys' work. Um, in regards to your work too, 
who who writes lyrics and who does who writes the music aspect of it so i write like 95 percent of the lyrics i would say there's some songs that like alex started off and then i took it from there and that was like our earlier or older songs and i don't even know how many of those ones are like the ones that we've released but um i do most of the lyrics and like vocal melody writing yeah yeah on instrumentals we do like we do feedback when we're working together but um it's i I really because it's like l's first band um like it it's it was like so important that it sounds the right way so like if if something had the right vibe or it had like a hook that she really liked then i was like okay let's like run with this because that's like fun yeah 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 absolutely how difficult do you feel l is it to write lyrics especially now that with covid you might be at home a little bit more often or at work how 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 does that change your lyric writing process like you know do you still have ideas in the tank from that you've worked with before how are you coming up with new ideas kind of deal i'm kind of like um i do a thing where i'll just write like when it comes in my head then i'll write it down anywhere and so the like and i think a lot of or most people i I would assume that write lyrics um just kind of like jot things down like oh i just thought of this let me jot it down but i do that like in in a broad like i'm like i've got a google docs thing and i've got the notes on my phone and i've got two different journals and so like when it comes time to like put a song together i'm like oh i wrote this thing like back in spring let me go find it through all this archive basically um and so that's good for when like inspiration is low which it kind of has been and i think for most artists right now sorry got a leaf blower outside (laughs) all good all good it's it's challenging it's hard to stay connected i think um to to music for me right now um with no show because yeah yeah, you don't get to see other people perform. Um, like a couple, a week or two ago, um, Flying Lotus had like a live, like online thing that I watched. And I found that really inspiring because there's a bunch of different bands that like, it was like almost like seeing a real show, but not, mm-hmm. it was cool. Um, cool. But that that gave me like that feeling of like, seeing a live band and being like, oh, I want to make music again, you know? Yeah, and I, that. I, wanna, I wanna do this, you know? And those and- moments are like far and few between, um, these days but it's how do still- you guys feel about like the whole um i guess you would call them what e-concerts or or live the the online live shows like a good example actually one of the first examples um i don't know if you guys watched it it was on twitch with code orange they were like one of the, the first bands to perf- to put on a uh an online performance where it was like they mentioned that you know obviously because of covid they shut down everything but they wanted to bring this uh, live experience to their fans, which was, you know, never before seen. And it was just different visuals. I mean, they put a lot of time, a lot of effort into it. And then now you see artists, you know, I felt like they pioneered that, you know, maybe not one of the first to ever do it, but like kind of like get that trends going. And so I know nothing did one too. And then of course, um bigger artists are doing it too how do you feel like that's gonna change live music do you think that's gonna you know affect it a little bit you do you feel like people are gonna be less reluctant to go see live music or rather just sit behind a computer to to view it like that 
I feel like seeing a show in real life, like you can't really yeah, compare. You can't, yeah, you can't. I don't think people would want or like choose a like digital show over a live one. Oh my gosh, that'd be cool. <laughs> I guess like so the li- we're we're such like a a convenience based like society now that I do have a small fear that like will the desire or like the motivation to go for shows if you can just like pull one up on youtube or pull one up on twitch or instagram like i feel like there are some people that like feel the energy of going to shows but there are like there are the other people that feel like it's the same reason people don't go see a movie in the theaters i think like mm-hmm. i don't yeah, know i, I feel like do you feel differently yeah like because people have always recorded live sets and those are on youtube but i don't think anyone would be like who watches those are like this is the best way to experience this you know i feel like people who do watch like a live set on youtube or wherever are like oh man i wish i was there you know yeah, that's me constantly like, especially with like yeah. hate, hate five six videos oh those are cool yeah mm-hmm. you know those those i feel like those do ascent in a sense capture the essence of the show but it's like i'm not the one crowd diving, you know crowd surfing. yeah it's, i don't think it's the same like i don't know maybe there are like some people that are like well forever feel safer experiencing mm. music in like not in a setting with a bunch of people or maybe it'll take a long time for people to be comfortable with it again to a full extent so maybe that'll affect like how many people would prefer like watching a show digitally but i feel mm. i feel like and maybe that's just my opinion that like you would want to experience it actually there yeah yeah you, you do make a good point uh mm-hmm. about adjusting to going back because mm-hmm. I mean, it's like so many things that we used to do pre-covid that we kind of like ew we we used to do because like, so, <laughs> like they're like oh birthdays will never be the same and i'm like what are you talking about like the you know you get together with your friends and family they're like mm-hmm. yeah when they sing you happy birthday what do you do to the cake when they're done singing you spit on it. I'm yeah. like, I'm like, oh, Jesus. I'm like, Jesus Christ, why did you have to say that? And so, you know, I, you know, I feel like people are going to be more cautious. Like you mentioned, like, am I going to feel safe going to these spaces again? You know, cause yeah. I mean, given, you know, live music, there, there's always, you know, one or two things that people don't like about them, you know? Um, and so now going with, you know, after COVID, how do we know people aren't going to be sick? You know, you can't help that you guys are so close together. People are sweating on each other and you got like singers spitting water on people. You know what I mean? And so it's like things we don't really think of. And you're just like, Oh gosh. Yeah. It'll probably, it'll, oh, it'll probably be like mask required. I imagine like for like in the next couple of years when shows come back, I bet you it's that's, that's the future, uh-huh. you know? Yeah, it's hard to like imagine, you know, like what actually how everything's actually going to go down. And like, I don't know, like, I feel like even if in some miracle reality, like we wake up tomorrow and they're like, COVID actually, it's gone. (laughs) It just, (laughs) everything's fine and normal, like 100% true. I feel like I'd still be weird to go into a grocery store without a mask on and like close proximity to people like. And I feel like that will stick around for a while, you know, because obviously it's not going to just disintegrate. Yeah, I feel like there's a huge social shift because of COVID, you know, not just stemming from like music, but like you mentioned going to the grocery store, you know, you would feel safer wearing a mask or you would still want them to 
sanitize your cart, you know, because before we didn't, I mean, not that we didn't care, but it was just more like you're not thinking about it. You yeah. Know, just like you grab a shopping cart that's been in the middle of the parking lot or what, you know what I mean? Just like, and then you don't yeah. really think about like, oh, this could be covered in. It's contaminated. It's contaminated. You know what I mean? And so. Yeah. Um, I, I was like already a like compulsive hand washer. And so the like availability of hand sanitizer literally everywhere in public is awesome for me. Great. <laughs> I was scared but of... Not awesome for your hands, though, I'm sure. Oh, no, but they were always freaking cracked and bleeding in winter, so... <laughs> you, gotta get the, you gotta get the aloe vera one. Well, yeah. well stores are cheap. They're just like, we're gonna give you, like, basically vodka and, and hopefully... Yeah, so you pump it and it just shoots out. Yeah. <laughs> it's just the wrong... You're like, what the hell was the point yeah. of that? Yeah, oh. like, I should expect this at this point. <laughs> um, but... What yeah. do you guys think are going to happen to live venues? I feel like a lot of them, the smaller clubs are going out of business. It's yeah. so sad. It's so sad. Like, I, I don't, you know, a lot of folks are like, we need to reopen, we need to reopen. And I'm like, as much as I would love for us to go back to normal, it's just, you know, I'm not going to let more people die. <laughs> yeah. At least yeah. I won't. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm there with you. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's scary. It's a scary thought to think of all the little guys, you know, not being able to sustain themselves mm -hmm. and having all these open spaces that get bought up by like, I don't know. Starbucks. Starbucks. <laughs> Starbucks is live venue. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. In every corner. Yeah. Uh, but I'm hoping like, you know, because the government says that they have something planned out. For these smaller businesses, they're supposed to. That's the whole purpose of like the past stimulus. You know, they were supposed to hand yeah. out these forgiveness loans or kind of pause yeah. everything to where they gives them a chance to get back on their feet. Because a lot of these mm -hmm. mom and pops, you know, they, they depend on folks going. You know, the, yeah. your, your local venue, you know, that's been there for five years, you know, they don't have money saved up. Or they're not like a chain. They're not a house of blues. You know, they're not, you know, kind of deal. They don't have the financial stability to stay afloat without our support. You know? Yeah. And if you take away that support, you know, what, what oh, yeah. can we do? And it, there it, might be. And it's so sad to see, like, there's some, there's some mom and pops, like, you know, thank you so much for 25 years. And I'm like, no. <laughs> you know? And it's just like, what do you, what do you do? You know, and it's not, and it's out of our control and, you know, it's something COVID that you can't really, you know, you couldn't, we couldn't plan this as much yeah. as, as people were like, Oh, like we should have done better. I'm like, well, no one, no one knew. No one yeah. knew. I mean, how, how do yeah. you anticipate that? Mm -hmm. I, so in Portland, they're doing this thing, like these under the, under the bridge shows right now. So it's like mass required. Um, all the money is like uh, donations for the houseless folks in the area. And so it'll be like live bands with generators and stuff. And I, I think that if venues close, the silver linings, we might like have to build the communities back um, in, a, in a way that we haven't had in a while. Like mm -hmm. um, there used to be a, a lot more DIY venues and things like that. And I really hope that, that that's something that people are forced to do again, because it really uh, it it helped people build a sense of responsibility. So if like if you only have one venue or you have to build it with the community, it's different than if you could go down to the House of Blues and just see a show, yeah. or you yeah. go down to the Baby's All Right or whatever. Like it's yeah. 
Yeah, I think that it could be cool. I, I know that uh, after shows are gone, there's going to be like a, a need for connection because everyone's been so kind of like lonely for the past, you know, year or so mm -hmm. without shows. Yeah, hopefully there is a version of our future where, you know, people can come together, you know, pull the community back up and make live shows happen again, at least in some similar manner, you know? Yeah. You know, I, I do have hope because like you mentioned, there's a silver lining, you know, mm -hmm. given with all these places closing, but that sense of community, if if it's not already there, it's definitely reinforced. Um, we feel it, especially you guys as a music community, you guys come together to support each other so that, you know, so you guys can eat, you know what I mean? Like so, some folks, this is their way to eat. If they don't, if they're not selling t-shirts, they're not selling CDs or they're not playing music, they don't eat. And I think that's yeah. uh, what's affecting a lot of folks. And I feel like after all this passes, there's going to be a sense of a stronger community that they're going to come together. You know, now that we have like, it's safe, it's okay. You know, cause I feel like a lot of folks took it for granted. I know I, I kind of took it for granted cause it would be like, Oh, there's a show down the street. I'm like, ah, it's, it's a Tuesday night. Like I don't feel like going. And now that I'm not allowed to go at all, I'm just like, damn, I should have yeah. went. <laughs> went Tuesday night. You know what I mean? And so, yeah. Uh, yeah. I feel like that that sense of community is going to be stronger than ever. And I, I kind of am looking forward to that um, because, you know, it's crazy. A lot of folks have been in a, in a weird, funky slump. I mean, it's because mm. of the conditions that we live in. I mean, it, yeah. you know, you, you don't have to be, uh, you know, a Harvard graduate to understand that a lot of folks are going through a really tough time right now. Mm -hmm. You know, and some folks are more fortunate than others. And we just, as a collective, just have to come together and, you know, support each other. That's, you know, that's what I'm here for. And I try to support y'all. You know, I'm super grateful. Thank you guys for putting out music, you know, and mm -hmm. I'm super grateful that I have the ability to share such wonderful music. Because um, like I, you know, I mentioned to one of my friends i was like oh yeah like i'm recording another podcast episode and check out this band i'm gonna have them on i'm so excited and and they were like yo they're so cool like how'd you discover them and i'm like oh check out this like you know what i mean like i love having that sense of community and being able to share yeah, awesome. like i don't have a musical bone in my body so i live <laughs> through y'all <laughs> That's awesome. So I'm just super, super grateful. And, yeah. you know, and once again, we'll go ahead and, uh, you know, wrap it up because I know you guys are very, you guys have other things. And, you know, mm -hmm. I just wanted to take about 45 minutes to an hour of your guys' time. And just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for taking that time to be on the podcast. And uh, just real briefly, if there's anything you guys want to share, you know, this platform is for y'all as well. You know, if you're working on new music or you guys have anything that you guys want to share, like, you, you know, if you guys have a YouTube or, or any projects, you know, that you want to let, let the world know. I'll pass this one to you, Alex. You're better at this stuff. Yeah, <laughs> I just say, uh, you know, if you're listening to this and you want to know how to support bands, you know, buy the stuff on Bandcamp share it with your friends you know every we we see whenever people buy records and stuff we, we see it all and it like it means a ton to us to see it like shipped all over the world so yeah. you know just um there are bands that they live off of it i think we're fortunate enough that we 
uh, you know, it's, it's a passion project for us and, um, you know, all the support doesn't go unnoticed. So just keep supporting artists so that they, you know, don't give up and don't lose hope. Cause I feel like, you know, we're going to need music when it's all over. Oh yeah. That's a really good way to put it. And thank you guys once more. Um, I'm going to have all the descriptions below in the comments section, of course. Um, you know, this is Alex and L from Weathering. Um, I'm going to have all their links to their Bandcamp, the YouTube, Twitter, IG, the whole nine. Uh, you know, thank you again, you guys, so much. Um, you guys have a wonderful yeah. day. And hopefully, you know, we'll have another episode down the line. Um, and, you know, hopefully also down the road, once you guys are touring, meet in person and I'll get to enjoy some oh, tunes. Yeah. Hell oh, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> All right, you guys. Thank you so much. You guys have a good Thank day. You. Great you to meet you. Likewise. Take care. Take care. Bye. Hey, what a great conversation. Very blessed Alex and Ellie took out the time to sit and chit chat for the podcast. Make sure to check out Weathering on Bandcamp, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. All links will be below, so make sure to check out their music. I was blessed with the opportunity to include a snippet of what one of Weathering's latest songs where you can actually get a free download of Changing Colors that is available on Sunday Drive Records 2020 sampler that also features many other great bands you should check out too. Also, Peep the Homies podcast. Thomas, Vince, and Dylan have a comedy podcast called Damn, Another Podcast that's almost 45 episodes deep full of funny stories and discussions that'll have you cracking up. They've shown me love since day one and it's the least I can do. Make sure to go hit a follow and subscribe to Damn Another Podcast. Tell them I sent you. Until next time, folks, here's Weathering's Changing Color. Mm-hmm.